Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I am here with Grace Kreft from Pet Talk today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, so I'm very keen to get into the Pep Talk journey, talk about how it started, and I guess like your general career as well, because this isn't your full-time gig, you've also got other things on the go. Um, so hearing all about that is going to be really interesting for everyone. And you started Pep Talk, which is another podcast in lockdown. Yeah. So that is very interesting and it's popped off. So looking forward to getting into it. I think the first thing maybe we'll go into is uh, if you could explain a little bit about what your day to day looks like these days and sort of what you spend a lot of your time doing. Yeah, yeah, of course. It is quite random at the moment. Like my kind of listening to you talk about what you want for your future I was like oh yeah it sounds kind of familiar because I do like I technically I work part-time yeah so I work three days a week here and right now everyone we are recording at when I say here we're at my work (laughs) at Six Barrel Soda Co in Wellington so I work three days a week here two of those days from here and Mm -hmm. one of them from my home which is in the Wairarapa like an hour away from here yeah Yeah. so it alternates basically I'll do like Monday Wednesday Friday here or working on this at home Mm. And then a day in between, I do one day of pep talk, well, pep talk and a bit of freelance social media work that I do as well. And then the other day I have with my three-year-old. So yeah, it's really cool because it kind of goes a swap between them on each day, which I really like. No day's the same. Yeah, no two days the same. And I love that because I feel like sometimes when you get to the end of a day, you're like, ugh. I should do this again tomorrow. Mm. Like whatever you're doing, even if you love it, you're like, Definitely. oh, the grind. Like if five yep. days in a row, eight hours a day or more is like, you're not going to love anything after that long. Whereas I get to switch and like my three-year-old is amazing, but she drives me crazy. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, I get to work tomorrow. Yeah. And then, then I'm like, oh, I get to hang out with her tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, it's really cool switching it around. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what's your role here at Six Barrel Sotica? Yeah, I'm the marketing manager here, or marketing and comms manager, technically. So cool. I've been here for two years and started after I saw my business, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. But I started just as like eight, maybe eight hours a week just doing comms like social um, newsletters and stuff like that Mm. and then slowly like (laughs) crept my way in more and worked up to marketing manager over the last couple of years oh that's awesome yeah and you're really enjoying you enjoy like the social media marketing side of a business and that kind of thing yeah I do yeah like we were just talking about before social media is a bit of a double-edged sword like it Mm. is awesome but it is it's challenging and it's a lot to keep up with when you also have a million other things to keep up with in marketing, especially in a small business like this. Yeah, definitely. Like it's literally just me. Yeah. And and the owner. Yeah. Who's out there? You know, like it's not. There's no team. There's no even. There's not even an assistant. It's mm. so I have to do everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it, challenging, but I'm sure very rewarding as well. Yeah. Yeah. Rewarding and fun. Yeah. Like again no two days the same like even here no two days are the same mm. yeah, yeah. That's so cool and so another one of the things that you've started is pep talk so do you want to chat to us a bit about the story behind pep talk and what it is yeah yeah so you might have heard you've probably heard this a bit but <laughs> yeah so I started during lockdown first well we only had one lockdown but first lockdown and I always kind of had it on my bucket list of being like I love to start a podcast I always love kind of like broadcasting and dreamed of going to radio school and stuff like that so it was like I always had a bit of an interest in it mm. um but 
which I'm sure we'll get into, had shelved that for law, so kind of similar to you as well. Mm. Um, and But it had always been like niggling, and so I ordered a microphone online not knowing what I was going to do with it, ordered it right before lockdown when it was kind of imminent, and then was like, okay, it's not going to arrive because you know how the careers went crazy. Yeah. And then my husband walked in on like maybe day two of lockdown and was like, look what arrived. And it was a microphone. I was like, okay. Perfect timing. Yeah. I was like, that's a sign. Like yeah. I'm quite big on signs yeah. and I don't like to ignore them. I feel like you spot things like that for a reason. And so I was like, okay, it's happening. Mm. I've got the microphone. I've got no excuse. I've got time because my job here at Six Barrel cut down to five uh, hours instead of eight hours a day. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I've got three hours a day, three days a week. That's nine hours. I can do a lot with nine hours. Mm. And I'm the kind of person that wouldn't just be like, okay, I'll just watch Netflix for nine hours. Yeah. I was like, I need something to do. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of how I decided what to do with Pep Talk, it was kind of because I missed business. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, it must have been like a year and a half since I sold my business and I missed that whole environment and I missed hearing about business and talking to business people in that like network that I had. Mm. So, and I also love how I built this. I don't know if you're a how yes, I built I know this how girl. I yeah, it's all good. I love that one too. Yeah, Guy Raz is mm. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Someone once said, one of my friends actually, but I'll claim it, was like, oh, you're like the New Zealand Guy Raz. And I was oh. like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Biggest compliment ever. Because yeah, yeah, that is such an amazing podcast. Yeah, he's so, he's so good. And it, yeah, the people on it are amazing. But I was like, I couldn't find a New Zealand equivalent. Yeah, okay. Um, and I wanted to tell tell stories in that kind of way about business. So, like, kind of relaxed and fun and interesting and um, not too formal but really engaging. So that was kind of my plan. I was like, I want to create a New Zealand equivalent of how I built this. Yeah. And, yeah, so it all came together, the microphone and the business stuff, and that was Pep Talk. Yeah, it's so cool because I, I personally love hearing about um, – Kiwi stories around business and because we are I guess a nation of such entrepreneurial people and creative people um, it is really inspiring to hear those stories and a lot of them start from such humble beginnings as well especially a lot of the ones I've heard from yours are brands you know I see all the time and count down on new world or massive supermarkets and you think there's some big corporation but they're really just like a husband and wife or a couple of friends behind it who started it all so it's really cool yeah so true and like that's my favorite part is like hearing about how they started and you know where they got the idea from and those kind of humble beginnings are amazing and yeah like fix and fog wasn't even that long ago that Roman was selling them at a market in like a with like a bowling club in Wellington and then now it's like in the USA and yeah the supermarket is like massive. massive yeah so I think it just makes it really accessible because mm. if you hear that part of it you're like okay well I can do that totally like that's doable but yeah. like if you look at the end result of it you'd be like oh no that's too Absolutely. much that's too scary yeah you're so it exactly kind of opens right. it up and like makes it seem more doable for sure and you've had your own business journey so tell us a little bit about that and yeah. so how that all went for you yeah so that's a whole nother chapter before this one was that I had a business that was a bakery and cake shop so we, it was called Sweet Bakery here in Wellington and we did cakes to order for like birthdays and weddings and corporate stuff and then also had cake shops we could go in and have a coffee and mm. um, or a cup of tea and a cupcake and things like that so it was kind of riding that whole cupcake trend when we started however many years ago it was um and that kind of came from 
my passion for baking basically started out and at the time well I've always loved baking but when I was working as a lawyer that was kind of my like outlet on the side and I started a blog and this was like this is embarrassing because this was like back when blogs were <laughs> new this, I don't know how many years ago this was but blogging was not as much of a thing then as it is now and it's so embarrassing when you look at the blog post it's still out there what's the name of the blog no No, it's so embarrassing I've heard quite a few people starting blogs and they're like I will never ever share it I always wonder oh I'd love to see it I bet it's not even as bad as you think it is cringe but like not even like the photography is shocking because obviously we didn't have iPhones then that's how old this was yeah and it was called cupcakes versus contracts oh because I was a lawyer (laughs) I love that. It's such a play on words. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You don't have to be kind. It's no. really cringe. <laughs> it's not cringe at all. But that's very funny. But yeah, there you go. So I started that. I was working as a lawyer. It was like my passion, my like fun thing on the side. And then um, I did two years in law. I know you did You did nine months. And yes. I like totally respect you for leaving earlier because I totally would have. But I was like following the, you know, the rule that you've heard that you have to mm. stay for two years to explain it on your CV and all mm. that. But I'm totally, I totally now agree with your take on it. But at the time I was like, okay, two years, put a yep. deadline on it. I can survive two years. Um, and it's like a test, right? Of like, if you actually like it, like I felt like I totally. should give it a, a red hot crack and be like, okay, is this actually, have I, have I wasted five years of a law degree or not? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> yeah. definitely. It's good to kind of be sure about yeah. that before you can it, I guess. Um, but yeah, so um, finished the job in law after two years, learned baking in the UK on my OE, and then came back and started Sweet Bakery. Wow. Yeah. And I think we had it for five years in the end and grew it to like two shops um, production kitchen where we did all the cakes to order. So we had like three commercial leases and 13 team members, I think it was by the end. Wow. Yeah. Built up quite a little like good business there. Mm. And so I guess that's quite an interesting story moving from law into having your own business. Was having your own business always something you wanted or knew you were going to do? Yeah. It, I don't know. That's an interesting one because I feel like when I look back to my childhood, you know how some people could be like, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur because I had like a lemonade stand. That's like the classic (laughs) one that people say. And I don't know if I thought business was definitely in my future necessarily, but I think that was purely because I didn't see it. Mm. Like, I don't know how you find it, but I feel like you're very coloured of what you think of by what you see around you. And like my mum was a lawyer and my dad is an engineer. So I only ever saw men and women go out to work for eight hour days, five days a week and come home. I never saw any like alternate path. Mm. And so I think that's why maybe if I had seen entrepreneurship in my close circle, I would have thought, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But I didn't. And so I, but I do think that I was always a bit of a creator when I was little, not, not a creative, but like I used to um, start like animal clubs and hold little market stores to raise money for little animal sanctuaries. You're a leader. And th- that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. making things happen. Yeah. And like, yeah, setting things up, bringing people along for the ride, like that kind of thing. Yeah. I could definitely see in my path. Mm. Um, and so I think actually that's what business is, basically, is like creating things and bringing people f- along for the ride, right? Yeah, definitely. So it kind of makes sense in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. I, I never saw myself as uh, um, someone in business or anything like that either but and I never would have called myself a creator 
either but I definitely always tried to do different things like I tried to sell paper at kindergarten <laughs> and like make glasses out of paper and sell Amazing. them the paper was free yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like, paper I stole from my parents and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tried to sell them off to people Aww. um thinking that they were real glasses don't know what I was thinking but I think the the whole exchanging something you do for mm. something else like that exchange is always real yeah. interesting to me and yeah. so I resonate with that as well. It's like you don't you don't know that that's that's what it is, but you're kind of showing like the interest in, in doing yeah. it. Yeah, totally. And I even had like websites. This is also really embarrassing. But um, <laughs> when I was younger, I really liked Hanson, the band. Oh yeah. You probably haven't even heard of because you're too young. But I was so into it that I had a website for Hanson. So like things oh, like wow. that where I'd like put like yeah. a fan website. That's like actually quite onto it though to kind yeah, of. I think I was only. T- or nine Whoa. or something and I was like Whoa, back in editing really, a website Whoa, that's really full on yeah I, obviously it was a really weird child <laughs> no I love that that's so cool and so making the jump from being a lawyer to owning your own business I'm sure wasn't an easy decision to make and so were you quite nervous for that or yeah I think I was but I think like it's it's always nerve-wracking when you put yourself out there for stuff. Like, I think you'd be a freaky robot if you didn't find that nerve-wracking. Yeah. But that's more of, like, just putting... You're just vulnerable, right? You're, like, putting yourself out there for judgment and setting yourself up for potential Exposing failure. Yourself. Yeah, like, that is always scary. Mm. But I think if you if you looked back at it, say, if you, like, asked my husband who was there at the time what my predominant feeling was, I reckon it would be more excitement. Yeah than nerves like definitely a bit of both I'm not a freaky robot I definitely felt scared but I just love like the early stages of setting things up so like that time when I was like planning the business and um you know like doing the website we know you know I like websites like <laughs> making the website and um doing the photos and the recipe development and the branding and all of the structure and strategy and the marketing plans and stuff like I love that so I reckon I would have been like buzzing at that time mm. and it was like seven or eight years ago now seven years ago so I can't quite remember but I, that's what I remember is that just feeling of excitement and like the potential and the possibility of it all and but bringing it all together, so much fun. Yeah, for sure. And I think like a, a lot of people who eventually want to, I guess, make their little side hustle, their thing a bit more independent, they have that excitement around it and they feel inspired and, and they have all those dreams. And how would you suggest someone else go about turning their hobby or side thing into more of a permanent job or full-time ro- role? Yeah, I think there's like... There's a few different approaches that people tend to take and like some people would do like say what you've done and like quit your job although you were working on this as before that as a side hustle but some people would keep that going as a side hustle for a long time and then some people would just go all in um, and I don't really know what's the right answer necessarily for like it varies for person to person but what I would say my I reckon my tip would be to do whatever you need to do to feel confident because I think the confidence in yourself and the whole plan is the absolute key to doing something like that like just knowing that you can do it basically so whatever you need to do to feel that confidence that's what I reckon you should do so like a lot of people would be like do I need to do a course or learn accounting or go on a website building course or like do a bakery course in my case and I think the answer is if that's going to give you the confidence to do it, 
then yes, do it, but don't just do it because you think you should. I think that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think that is a really, really good advice because I agree. I, I think the self belief piece and being confident mm-hmm. is so key to developing what it is you want to do and actually pushing it further despite the challenges and the hardships that might come along with it totally. um yeah I think like you said the self-belief thing is so important and it will look different to everyone yeah. so you've just got to work out what it is that is going to make you feel the most confident going in and the most I guess like the most convinced that this can work out or yeah. it is possible yeah because whatever like there's so much value in you believing that it's going to work that's basically totally. all you need yeah because like as long as you genuinely believe it's going to work and have that confidence it will yeah basically like it's that whole cheesy um henry ford if you think you can or think you can't you'll be right i yeah. like that it, i know it's super overused quote but it's so true it like, is so true i've been yeah. told that ever since i was a kid my dad used to push that quote mm. like so much and good, good dad yeah <laughs> and um I've always believed that as well. So I think that's really, really good advice. And just do it as well. Like that's the other thing is like, whatever you figured out you need to do, just start doing it. Yeah. Just because a lot of times like you feel like in order to start, and I talk about this quite a lot on pep talk, but in order to start, you think you have to have the whole thing planned out and you know where it's going and this is going to happen and this and this will work and whatever. But you don't actually need to know exactly what it's going to look like. You just need to do the first step. Yeah. And it it might look totally different when it actually plays out, but something will happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was going to say on to that, I mean, you can plan it out as much as you want and it most likely won't go to plan anyway. Mm. There'll be challenges that come up. And so for you, have you, what are your most like memorable challenges (laughs) and how have you built some resilience to those? Oh, so many. Like <laughs> business is hilarious. It's so difficult, yeah. but it's so amazing. Like it's one. Of, it's kind of like being a parent. It's like the most amazing thing you'll do, but also the hardest thing. Mm. And I think it's not surprising that those things are correlated. Um, but I'm sure there's like a million uh, very specific examples of challenges. But I think on a higher level, for me, I found my kind of sensitivity quite a challenge. Like I am mm. just naturally quite a sensitive person. I'm quite imp. Is yep. that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel other people's feelings. You're an empath. Really deeply. Take yeah. Them on. Yeah. And that's great in some places, but in business, it's not always great. So like, if we'd have like a customer that was not happy or a, a team member that was in a funk that day, I would genuinely like feel so concerned and like. It would be like the end of the world and I'd be so worried and just genuinely upset myself. And I think that that did kind of hold me back, hold me back a little bit because it's like you you do need to a certain extent in business to be slightly ruthless about things. Not all Mm. the time, Um, but I struggled with that a lot, like just feeling things too much, maybe too much. But I would also say on that, like it can be a good thing. Like the fact that you feel it means that you care about it because if you didn't feel anything you're just like oh, it doesn't matter whatever you don't care enough like mm. you you need a bit of both basically um and I'm also wary of not shutting down that kind of feminine energy that comes with being quite sensitive and caring and worrying about people because yeah. that's like a nurturing thing that's great like you don't want to squash that um but just yeah maybe finding a balance between those things I didn't quite crack from my kind of business yeah. I'm still working on it. It's quite interesting that that is something that is a big part of your personality, but then you were going to go into law. 
because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a lot of people who go into law probably it would be quite hard to be that empath and still do your job without feeling mm. no matter what type of law you're in I feel like mm-hmm. that could be quite hard as well yeah definitely and like there's definitely shade different shades to law and different types mm. of law and different law firms and a law looks different but yeah I mean I was going down a path of like corporate managed funds law like it's not an empath's world (laughs) it's like very cut and dry and like black and white and not particularly personality based I think yeah and I think to a certain extent when you're a business owner like you want you want to be ruthless but I think it's important to like you say have that human element to it as Mm. well and you you've got to hold the respect but you also want the people around you to see you as a leader who can still relate to the staff or, mm. you know, the customers and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, such a double, such, yeah, such a balancing act. Um, and, yeah, like I say, work in progress. Comes with age a bit as well, I think. Like yeah. figuring out what to take, what matters as much and what doesn't and holding things lightly. That's what I try and do now. Yeah. I'm just going to hold this lightly. Yeah, it's definitely. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm totally zen, as you can yeah, tell. Yeah, it's so zen. You're yeah. so relaxed. I love it. <laughs> And so transitioning into what you're doing now, how did you then decide to leave the business world and then come back into sort of more employment side of things? Because I feel that also would have been quite hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of different things in that kind of space, I think. Part of it, which I know that you touched on a little bit, was the ego side of things. Mm. Like you talked about in your episode about leaving your job. It's like you have to check your ego with it. And I felt that the other way around from leaving business and going back to paid employment because there is a certain, like, you know, in your own business, it's like an interesting thing to say, right? Like, if you're at a dinner party, you're like, I'm a lawyer. People are like, okay, cool. But if you're like, I own a cupcake business, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Tell me about that. So there was a certain element of being like, what if I'm just not an interesting person anymore when I stop doing this? Um, But my sister was just like, that's just your ego. Yeah. Just leave that behind. That's not going to help anyone. Um, so that was an interesting one, which I thought you might relate to. Mm. Um, but basically, the the way that I kind of figured it out was I, and this was my sister as well, actually, that helped me with this, who was like, what do you like about what you're doing at Sweet? This was when I was still there trying to figure out the next step. And just like basically listed everything I do day to day and what my favorite parts were and what my least favorite parts were. And then basically tried to find a role that filled the favorite parts. It was that simple. Yeah, like, it seems um, like smart. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what do I, I want to do? And like with Sweet, it was like I wanted to do the marketing and the brand and the um, kind of the website and the marketing strategy and the specials and promos and new products and all that. That's what I found fun. And I didn't so much enjoy that well, because of my sensitivity issues. Struggled with managing staff, didn't mm. like the finances, found like tax and PAYE and GST, very stressful, and the financial side of things, very hard. So that was pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I want to do the marketing side of things. I want to do it for a brand that I like and respect and think will be fun to work with and think has a lot of potential and things. And that's kind of how I ended up here. I just hustled my way into Six Barrel. We just emailed Joe and was like, do you need some help with marketing? And wow, got, <laughs> got myself a job and I, had, I haven't got rid of me since. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that a lot of people can miss that approach of getting a job as well, like how you've just gone out and emailed a company who you like the look of. I feel a lot of people don't do that anymore. Mm. They just think, oh, well, if they're not advertising, they're not looking kind of thing. But now I feel 
jobs, like companies, a lot of the time they don't just do the usual seek or, mm-hmm. you know, we've trade me jobs or whatever. Sometimes they'll advertise on social media mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's always worth reaching out to brands yeah. that you enjoy and seeing if you can do work for them as well. Definitely. Yeah. Both of those, like people, oftentimes brands will just advertise on social because they want to catch their crowd. Mm-hmm. Like they want to find someone who's interested in their brand genuinely not just interested in a job yeah and that's a really great way of reading that out because you have to know about or you have to be interested in the brand to see it for sure but then there's also that a lot of businesses especially small businesses know that they need help with things but they just don't even have time to look for that person Mm. like employing someone is quite a long like it takes a while you have to advertise an interview and you have to pay for the ad on seek or whatever yeah it's not a quick thing that's going to happen overnight so oftentimes a business owner at the back of their head will be like i know i need help with social media Mm. but i'm never going to get around to looking for them so if something pops in their inbox that's well presented enthusiastic friendly seems legit they'll be like okay let's chat yeah and that's all it takes but you're right a lot of people don't really think of that yeah yeah and so when you look back on your um journey this is just a random question I've just thought of <laughs> when you sort of look back on your journey of doing law starting a business pep talk now six barrel soda <laughs> co how, how do you feel like it all makes sense looking at it backwards or yeah like how does that look for you now that you've sort of done it all and you can kind of look back at that journey in hindsight I do I do think it makes sense for me I think some people would look at it and be like wow you've had a really random career you can't settle <laughs> in a job but for me, looking back at it, the, the path makes perfect sense. Mm. I, I mean, the law part obviously doesn't fit into anything else, but that was what I needed to do to figure out that I didn't want to do it. Yep. So it does still fit in. Um, but that is something I'm conscious of. Like, I don't want to be seen as being, like, flitty and flighty and not able to commit or settle or not having a proper career and stuff. Like, it's definitely a bit of a trigger for me because I'm mm. like, oh, I hope that's not what people think. But... I think if you're smart, smart, you can join the dots yeah. back between those things. It's interesting you say that because for me, looking at someone's career like yours, I would think that you are just someone who's extremely proactive and like willing to take risks because you did something that was so within the books of you know doing the right thing, going to uni and mm. studying a good degree, and then you went out on your own and took a risk in starting your own business, which is really admirable. And then you even decided to move on from that into something that you'd enjoy more. So to me, it looks like you're almost just curating your life in the way that makes you happiest. Mm. And that's really inspirational for someone who, like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. And looking at my career now, I have said this to so many people, I feel like I'm just going in blind. It's really (laughs) cool to see that you have moved through some different industries and you're still enjoying what you do. So you've really just taken that upon yourself to make those decisions for yourself which mm. is yeah, just really cool to see mm, thank you yeah and I think that you are so on the right track with that and that's the main reason that makes me say that is because you're so you're being so led by values mm. and that's exactly the way that I've always done it and th- you know you're discovering the kind of time money happiness trade-off right now between yeah. um you know, how much do I want to work in exchange for how much money and how much, you know, what sacrifice do I make for my happiness for money and all of that. It's like such a journey. And Mm. that I think has really helped me making all these decisions um, is that they've all been linked by my values. And that is a lot of that for me is time with my family. So that's really informed it. And that's a big part of the, you know, decision to leave business and work part time is time with my husband and my daughter. Um, Because like, you know, 
you don't get time back mm. but you can always make more money and all of that stuff can come you know in the future or whatever um and I think you'd be surprised at how you can have a beautiful and fun life with not as much money as you think you need yeah I think and so it's just knowing what's important to you basically and that help using that to guide your decisions which is exactly what you're doing yeah I think that's really cool I I, I feel I'm quite big on like my morals and, gen- and values in general life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just always been something that I've been quite strongly mm-hmm. guided by. And so to hear that is quite um, comforting because I think sometimes what what the right thing in air quotes is for, some, for anyone is sort of it overtakes what you personally would want to do or mm-hmm. what you value with your time. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that you've followed that and it's like worked out for you and yeah in my eyes like you're really successful so (laughs) yeah yeah it's a work in progress but it's good and I think I will have another business one day like yeah I I think business is my thing yeah whether that's a business podcast my own business or working in a business like Mm. I am now that's what I'll be doing now that's my thing yeah yeah and it's so cool that you know that as well like to be able to identify that is really important and so with pep talk how's it been running it now and I suppose what are your thoughts and goals and dreams there if you feel comfortable sharing yeah yeah I don't know (laughs) is the answer to that like kind of similar to where you're at like yeah I'm I'm not really sure and at the moment especially for me I'm trying to figure out the balance between pep talk and my job um I don't think it's something that I want to ever be a job for me like I have made I've kind of spent a lot of time thinking about it and I think I want to keep it as a hobby yeah so kind of opposite probably to where you're heading with with yours but um that's just because of where I've been and where I'm going and everything mm. and I'm kind of at a stage now where I want to hone in on this career side of things and what I'm doing so I think hopefully I can keep it going as a hobby and it can be sustainable but then also my kind of perfectionist tendencies are like I want to I don't want to keep going and half-ass it yeah I want to if I'm doing it I want it to be awesome so Mm. I'm just yeah very up in the air right now yeah 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 I totally understand that I'm like I definitely um have left my job obviously to put more time into this but I also want to make sure I have something independent to this as well and Mm. be working on a, a career that makes me happy um as well as doing something that feels rewarding and is providing value to other people so like trying to find what that balance in between is and what gives you the best of both worlds is Mm. quite an interesting hard thing to work out yeah I don't think there's an easy answer but I guess again it's just like being guided by your values on it and what feels right to you yeah yeah and so moving into like your favorite episodes from pep talk Mm -hmm. what have some of the highlights been there and the golden nuggets of information you've taken away yeah I think it's really hard to choose a favorite you probably find the same thing because they're so different like the chats are so different and I think there's a real mixture of like I've talked to quite a few people I know Mm -hmm. on the podcast which is so much fun because when it's like someone you've known for a while and you have like a similar sense of humor like you're just like gas bagging for an hour totally. and you're like cackling laughing yeah. and it's like you come out of it like glowing so it's it was so much fun <laughs> I just caught up with a friend and stuff but then there's also people we've had on like um Brianne West from Etik, which yeah. is like probably the biggest business I think that I've had on and that is like so inspiring mm. uh she's amazing yeah just what they're doing you should you guys should listen to that one because it's yeah. so interesting to hear what they're up to and she is very inspiring personally. So, yeah, I'm not going to pick a favourite. It's yeah. too hard. Um, but definitely a mixture of those, yeah, things for different reasons. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it's like the vibe. Like sometimes a chat will really kind of surprise you if you have like a really good energy with the person and the convo's flowing and you mm. like you the hour disappears like instantly. Yeah. You've just like flowed. But then sometimes you'll do one where it's like, okay, question, answer. Yeah. Pause. And you're like, oh God, this is not flowing. And <laughs> the like, nerves are building up. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and then you run out of questions because yeah. it's all you haven't like yarned. You've just yeah. been like, okay cool yeah. next question yeah. <laughs> so yeah there's a real mixed bag um but I think like I said in terms of nuggets I think the biggest thing is just the starting thing mm. um which we've already kind of talked about but that just just starting like no one's business now looks like now what it looked like at the beginning so just not being intimidated by what what things look like now mm. that puts you off having a go like remember to look at people's beginning when you're like looking for inspiration I reckon that's been a big thing that I've learned from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to be perfect on day one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think some people are so attached to the idea of perfectionism as well that mm. you don't end up starting and that's when the what-if questions mm. come through. Um, yeah, and you get paralysed. Yeah. paralysis, I call it, yeah. Yeah, I listened to one thing. of your solo episodes around that and I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tried to put in some tips about like how to overcome that because it's definitely yeah. a thing, but it's like, what do we do about it? And I have it as well. Um, mm. But I always remember done is better than perfect. And I use that for quite a lot of stuff. Mm. I just think like action is more valuable than perfection. Basically. Totally. Oh, I just came up with a new one. <laughs> yes, quote I like that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that on a quote. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah I always um, say that as well, like talking about progress and how, you know, any progress is good progress and it's just a necessary part of moving forward mm. and whether it's success or failure. Um, you've learned something and yeah. I think knowing what you don't want to do what you don't like can be just as valuable as finding out what you do like mm, so. so true yeah people mm. say that because um, quite often people are like how do you feel about you know time you wasted like you wasted five years of a law degree and two Who years in managed funds I'm sure people have definitely asked that like, maybe Jeez. not Maybe they don't think that, but they've asked it. Like, yeah, do I yeah, feel like yeah. that? And I'm always like, no, because it, it helped me figure out I didn't want to do that. And mm. I would always wondered, and I would always have yeah. been like, have I wasted five years? But I found out. Yeah. yeah. And also, you always use things you learn, right? Like, you'll use things you learned in your time as a grad mm. for years to come. Maybe not the specific stuff, but the skills and the you know the things you learned in the business and the people you met. And nothing is ever wasted. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. And so with the podcast being born out of COVID, are there any lessons you've learned through the pandemic that you now sort of apply now going forward? I think the main thing for me is all about mindset. I think yeah. that's been the biggest thing that I've got out of this year, like not just the podcast, but COVID. Like this year, we all know has been a total shit show. Like everyone knows that, but, and I yeah. don't want this to sound like arrogant or anything, but I've had one of the best years of my life this year cool and I'm happy to hear that yeah it's just so it feels wrong and I definitely I do want to like check my privilege on that because I know relatively speaking I'm in a very lucky position um like I have employment and it's not a risk touch wood and I have I at the time of the um, pandemic I had a house without a mortgage and a uh, family I like it just I know how lucky I am, but also, like, I've made the best of it, Definitely. I think. Yep. And that's the secret. Like, you could could easily have gone into that and been like, oh, this is such a nightmare. Like, 
soaked up all the negative media and been like, it's the end of the world, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And you can get really caught up in that because open Instagram and you'll see a meme straight away about how shit 2020 is. Yes. But actually, like, it's what you make it. Like, if you, yeah, if you um, make the best of situations and opportunities and have a certain mindset and don't expose yourself to too much negativity, you can make amazing things happen no matter what is going on externally. I totally agree. I think you've got to find the opportunities as well. A Mm. lot of the time they're not just going to pop up right in front of you when you've got that negative mindset. You've actually Mm. sometimes just got to seek them out and find um, the the good parts of what is a a total shit show, as you say. (laughs) Yeah, that's another good quote. Total shit show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like um, just... Yeah, things are what you make them. I think that's the biggest thing is like yeah. you can look at the same thing and be negative or positive and it'll totally change everything and it all like flows on from one thing to another. So I've done a lot of personal work on mindset and I mm. want to keep learning about that and I think it's a massive area that I'm only scratching the surface on but yeah. so valuable. Um, and yeah, I think that's the main thing really. Like pep talk has really helped me celebrate this year. Yeah. That's so awesome to hear. I think self-development and um, personal upskilling is so important in general life, but specifically when something like this is happening and you feel like nothing more could possibly go wrong in your year, that's when I think (laughs) investing in yourself is so key. Yeah, and again, it's never going to be wasted. Mm. Yeah, but it's also whatever feels right to you. Like, I'm the kind of person that when lockdown hit and I had extra time in my day, what was going to make me happy was having a project. And I knew that because I know myself quite well. So I was like, okay, that's what I need. But equally, the same person could have been like, what I need is to lie on the couch and watch Netflix for three hours. And, like, no judgment. If that was what I knew was going to make me feel good, I would have done that too. So it's just... Yeah, knowing yourself, again, knowing your values and doing something about it. Yeah, totally. I think knowing yourself is such a big part of that um, because I'm a big believer in that with social media and that kind of thing, it can get you down, but you need to take responsibility for yourself in that sense. Mm -hmm. And if you are following people who make you feel like shit or you know are bringing you down or make you feel like you're being really unproductive then you Mm -hmm. need to change what you're looking at on social media like the one up project instagram for for me is a super positive place Mm. when i look through my stories i'm just inspired by the people it motivates me to keep working on what i'm working on um whereas for other people they would go onto the instagram feed and it would just instantly deflate them and make them feel Mm. so horrible about their life and themselves and that i think responsibility at the end of the day comes back on you to change what you're looking at yeah um I definitely agree I think yeah you can feel like that's out of your control like you can feel like it's just presented to you when you open the app but you are 100% in control of what's showing up on there I mean apart from the ads because they yeah you know, they can't all have the, the power on that yeah. but, and we use them for things so that's fine yeah but like you you can curate that to be what you want it to be and I think it's really valuable to check yourself after you come off an app and mm. be like how am I feeling right now? Like, how is this making me feel? And if you've seen a post that's made your heart be like, mm. Mm. change that. Because you can easily do that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. The yeah. unfollow button is always there. Very powerful. <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes you're like, can I unfollow a friend? Or yeah. Maybe, like, <laughs> maybe uh, friends might blacklisted. be mute from the story or something. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe just turn off the notifications on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Grace. It I really has. appreciate this chat. Yeah. I've loved it. So thank you for having me. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.